Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. And file this under Christmas miracle, Kevin Godby's name is on the nice list. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I'm your host, Brian Levine. It is uh, December 10th of 2019, and Christmas season is in full swing. Yeah, that's right. Christmas trees are up at home. Lights are almost done. Uh, Anyway, on tonight's show, a tobacco review of the current version of Robert McConnell's The Original Red Virginia. Uh, Did that one by request of me, and I'll I'll talk about that in the review. Uh, My guest is uh, pipe maker, repairman Mark Dominguez, and we get to sit down and talk to Mark, and it was a lot of fun. You'll get to hear that. Plus, holiday music, mailbag, and a uh, holiday message at the end of the show. So you got all that to look forward to on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, quick update here at home. Uh, daughter is doing much better. Uh, ever, you know, Progressing along. Uh, results of concussion are almost completely gone. So uh, all I can say is, uh, listen, if you, if you hit concrete hard it's going to bite you back. So anyway, um, hope you all are, uh, you know, at least, uh, <laughs> hope you all are at least getting some, uh, getting a little bit of time to sit back during the holidays here. I know we're in the full swing and the rush is upon us, but, uh, it is important to take a, take a few minutes and sit down with your pipe, maybe sit down with this show and, you know what? Enjoy the holiday season. Um, while you're doing that, we would greatly appreciate a rating and a review on iTunes. And I also want to say a special shout out. There's about five to 600 listeners on Spotify. So yay for you on Spotify. Thanks for tuning in there. We appreciate that. That does help the show and it helps the show in, uh, Spotify's rating or Spotify's search system. So Uh, And while you're at it, share the Pipes Magazine radio show with all your friends and enemies. Share it on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, Pinterest, whatever it is. Share it out there wherever you are. And uh, hey, if you're on Facebook or Instagram, tag me in the post. I'd appreciate that. Maybe we can see a picture of you doing some holiday pipe smoking. All right, let's get the show rolling so everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. This is Kevin Godby from PipesMagazine.com with some good news. Our favorite Dunhill tobaccos, Early Morning Pipe and Nightcap are two of my favorites, are now back under the Peterson brand name. These are not match blends where another maker tried to reverse engineer their blend to make something that's close to the original. These are the exact recipes and tobaccos being made in the same factory, STG in Denmark, where they've been making the Dunhill tobaccos for almost 10 years. They had about a year and a half, two-year hiatus, and now they're back, still being made the same way, but now under the Peterson name. Check with your favorite retail tobacconist for Early Morning Pipe, Nightcap, Royal Yacht, Mixture 965, Elizabethan Mixture, Deluxe Navy Rolls, Flake, Dark Flake, and Standard Mixture, now under the Peterson name. Yep, 
still good. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show in the, uh, so the, the McConnell's tobacco story, um, uh, one, once again, about uh, about 10 years ago, I got uh, spoiled and was given a tin of the McConnell's Red Virginia made in England by Robert McConnell. And if you remember back to the Alan Schwartz stories, we heard about his dealings with McConnell. Uh, and, I, and since then, I've always been on the hunt for it. I bought one tin uh, about a year and a half ago, and, or I bought two tins a year and a half ago, and I've still got one left. Uh, now, there's three distinct versions of McConnell's Red Virginia. There's the Robert McConnell version from Made in England. And then there's a McConnell's version when it moved to Denmark for a little bit. And then there's this third and current version, which is the Robert McConnell's made by Kohlhaus and Kopp in Germany. And they own the brand. And we've seen some new introductions from them recently of... Uh, of uh, Dunhill variations, I want to say. <laughs> well, let, let's just put it this way: they came out with a broad range of tobaccos recently. So I was I was interested because I don't remember having smoked the current version. The big difference between the current version and the previous two is when it moved to Germany, they added Perique to it. All right, so I was, I, you know, me and Perique, I piqued my interest. It periqued my interest, shall we say. Um, so I bought a tin, uh, bought it at McCraney's, and I don't know exactly how old this tin is, but I'm assuming that it's not a hot seller at McCraney's, so they probably had it for, I don't know, six, seven, eight months. Uh, anyway, it does say, you know, imported by, uh, imported by Arango Cigar Company, so we know it's not more than five years old. When I opened it, it felt fairly fresh. So upon opening it, uh, it felt fresh and it was wetter than what I would normally like. Uh, in comparison to the older stuff, it's more of a it's much more of a broken flake than a ribbon, which the older stuff is a, is a fully spun out ribbon. Uh, so it had a little bit more clumpy pieces to it. Um, I smoked it wet, or smoked it right out of the tin, and. Got a good flavor out of it, but was getting a little overloaded on the moisture. Um, I dried it down a little bit, and then it got, you know, it, the moisture issue went away. And then I made the mistake of drying it down a little too far, and now it's smoking a little hot for me. So there's yeah, warning right there. Um, upon opening the tin, I I got a whiff of what I'm... What I'm sensing is either a honey or a molasses used on the Virginias. And they, they describe this blend as uh, a vir one of the original blends from 1848, rich chestnut-colored leaf from Carolina combined with Virginia Bright tobaccos to produce a mild but satisfying blend. A touch of Perique gives a taste of elegance and quality. No Latakia is added. And in the tobaccoreviews.com uh, listing of it, they mention a cocoa or a chocolate flavoring. And as I sniff it again and see that, I could see where people would pick that up, where it's got a, it's got a sweetness to it. 
it's got a sweetness to it almost to the point where I might consider it a light aromatic. That's how uh, how predominant that smell is. When I was smoking the pipe, I couldn't pick up that uh, that light aromatic in the air, but I could definitely taste it. The perique is definitely a touch of and not overwhelming. So for those of you that are looking for something with a little bit of perique, this would be perfect. Um, once you get it going, it smokes really well. But again, with the with the uh, with the broken flake style or the uh, the you know, kind of like that Dutch Cavendish style of of uh, cut method that they used, it makes it uh, it makes the bowls finish a little faster than what I than what a ribbon would. So uh, you know you get less tobacco in the bowl because you can't pack in all those spaces. So it, it smokes a little faster. Um, I'm not going to go through and read the reviews on TobaccoReviews.com. If you want to see what they what people say there, go there. It averages about three stars. It averages in the uh, mild to medium in strength, and I've enjoyed it. I would really be interested to see how this ages over a couple of years. So I think I may pick up a you know two, three, four tins and mark the date on them and just put them away and see what happens to them. I would highly suggest this to people that are looking for an alternative to an Orlick Golden Sliced, or maybe somebody who's coming out of a lighter, you know, a, an aromatic and wants to go lighter aromatic and almost into a Virginia. Um, and again, I will warn you about letting it dry down too far. That was just a mistake. Uh, to sum it up, it's not the blend that that uh, McConnell's was making in England. It's not a straight red Virginia. It is a mix of red and orange Virginias with a little bit of Perique in it and some sort of flavoring. So there you go. Uh, the current production of Robert McConnell's Red Virginia. And in just a moment, Mark Dominguez. This is Internet Radio. Have a look in your tobacco cellar. What do you see? Think of what you smoke what you age, what you're drawn to in a blend that keeps you wanting more. That's your taste. And whether you know it or not, you've been leading that expedition since you first picked up a pipe, just by smoking what you like and liking what you smoke. But the funny thing about taste, it changes, and you need a wide selection to accommodate it. We at Smoking Pipes know this, and you know it too. So whether you're searching for a tried and true favorite or a singular boutique mixture, we're here to help you navigate the voyage of your evolving tastes. But you're still at the helm, smoking pipes in faithful service of the hobby. We're back on the Pipes Magazine radio show and joining us from the great state of Texas, the Lone Star State, is Mark Dominguez of Lone Star Briarworks. Mark, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Thanks for having me, Brian. All right, so you got to tell me, tell us all the story again because you, you grew up in Louisiana. Your last name is Dominguez, but how do they pronounce it in the bayou? It's domain, domain, like, a, <laughs> like lemon meringue. 
I love it. And then you moved to Texas and you became a, a Dominguez. Right. <laughs> well, I still have my Cajun root, so can't take that from me. So how long ago did you leave uh, the leave the bayou? Well, uh, I was born on the bayou, Bayou Tesh, outside in Lafayette. Lived out there for about 10 years uh, and then moved to New Orleans. Uh, my dad was in oil business and transferred around. Lived in New Orleans about 20 years and then came here about 30 years ago. Now, back up. So that means you were a teenager in New Orleans and you turned 21 in New Orleans. What was it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you just, please, please tell me that that was a wonderful time in your life. <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah. Great time. Yeah. The drinking age was like 18, and you can buy hard liquor in the convenience store. Oh, God bless New Orleans. Uh, <laughs> oh, and the bars never close. You know, it was wonderful for a young kid. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, yeah. did you get into a lot of a lot of trouble? Oh, no. Stayed clean. Kept my nose clean. <laughs> uh, yeah. Moved here uh, about 30 years ago and got into the bread business and bought a distributorship with Flowers Bakery, and I sold that about this time last year. So you... And I've been making pipes uh, full-time, you know, spare time, you know, semi-retired. So. Yeah, so when did pipe smoking begin for you? Hmm, actually, about six years ago, when the Lord of the Rings movies came out, Mm-hmm. Uh, introduced me to uh, church wardens and I was a cigarette smoker and kept burning my beard you know <laughs> so I, f- I figured a church warden would solve that problem so I went to the tobacco shop it was about 20 minutes away bought one of those and uh, stopped at uh, CVS and bought some Admiral's Choice natural Cavendish I think yeah and Loved it, and, and hadn't looked back. So were you, were you able to put the cigarettes down from there and just enjoy yeah, your pipe? Pretty much, yeah. To get my nicotine fix, I discovered English blends. Uh oh, and that's that's all I smoke now, pretty much. Now, did you have somebody show you how to uh, teach you how to pack and and light a pipe or properly smoke it, or did you just start figuring it out on your own? Yeah, I figured on my own. And then I, I watched a, a few YouTube videos, the the Frank Method and stuff. Now, my earliest uh, teacher was, well, he didn't teach me, but I remember my papa smoking a pipe. And he would just, you know, stick it in the bag and shovel it in, pack it with his thumb. Yeah. I bet he didn't have a tamper or a pipe cleaner to his oh, name no. either. no. And I think he had like three pipes. They were probably all Graybos or whatever you could get at the drugstore. Yep. Out, you know, he lived out in the country, and back then that was uh, just a utilitarian thing. Smoke it till it burned out, and he'd throw it away and get a new one. That was it. Yeah, right. Not right. like today. <laughs> right. Ride that horse till it won't hunt no more, and then get rid of it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> 
now how do you go from being you know from growing up in the with your with your father in the oil business to wanting to get into the bakery business uh we moved to houston about 30 years ago and uh didn't have a job and looked around i asked the guy in the, in the grocery store he was working the bread. I said, are y'all hiring? He said, no, you don't want to work here. <laughs> 30 years later, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it's a fun, it was a fun job and uh, provided for the family and all that, you know. Now, kids grew up doing it, helping me on the route. And my son bought the route from me this last year. Yeah, so is that, that's one of those deals where you... Yeah, you work with you. You own your own kind of business from the bakery, but oh, then yeah. you go out and get your own customers and your own route and right. And, yeah, and they they just fill your truck up and hope that you pay them for it. And, oh yeah, oh they get their money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, now were you able to smoke on the on the bakery truck back in them old days? Oh yeah, it was it was my truck. You know. Uh, uh, oh yeah the independent distributor i was in charge of everything you know if the truck breaks down that's my my responsibility no no sick days you know bread must go out even during hurricanes yeah especially with a, with a hurricane coming we all know that bread toilet paper and milk are the first are the three things that go first yep so yeah. well the during Harvey, uh, they had uh, limited access on the highways. I was able to, you know, they had like a curfew, but since yeah. I was in the bread business, they considered that a first responder. So I, I had, I was able to go on the roads before anybody else. Wow. And, and your truck would do okay in the high waters? Oh, yeah. <laughs> So there's a there's a note to self that if we're dealing with a hurricane, get a bread truck. Yep, <laughs> and fill it up because you can you can sell every loaf. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let, let's switch back to pipe smoking for a minute. So the so the church warden kind of got you going, but did you at that point did you start looking at different styles and shapes of pipes? Yeah, I had uh, no knowledge of pipes at all other than what I saw my pawpaw smoking back when I was a kid. But I discovered eBay and uh, estate pipes. And for some reason, I focused on Peterson's. And that's all I bought. I, I caught pad bad. <laughs> <laughs> and I would, I would buy almost every Peterson I saw, you know, estate-wise, uh, no matter how badly beat up. And that, you know, rather than buying new pipe, I was buying them for, you know, pennies on a dollar. And then I had to learn how to clean them up to smoke them. Yeah. So that that got me started in the repair business. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of out of necessity, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. But you know, I just I'm not too technically advanced, but I discovered uh, reborn pipes. Uh, site yeah and he all his tutorials uh that helped me tremendously 
Yeah, I think he's launched more uh, pipe restoration and pipe cleaning businesses than anybody else. Yeah, we are, the pipe business owes a debt to him. Yeah. For his, his library is massive. It's a, did you uh, accidentally destroy any uh, pipes while you were learning and figuring things out? Um, not really. Uh, mainly uh cosmetic you know the, the rim charred up or oh I, well the, the stems were uh where i kind of specialized in you know with tooth marks or yeah cracked cracked bit i'd repair that to uh like new condition can you kind of Bro- take us through how you get a tooth mark out of a stem i mean because that that ain't easy oh uh, well first you got to get it I get them uh, jet black before you do anything to get all the oxidation off. And then uh, you, you know, try the heat heat gun or a flame. And that'll, that'll lift it up you sometimes, you know, all the way, but usually just a little bit. And then you have to fill it in with uh, super glue, charcoal dust. So you so if it's if it's uh, vulcanite or ebonite, it'll it'll kind of come back to it, and then right. you and then you help it a little bit further along the way. Right, just build it up, uh, you know, and fill the depressions with glue and uh, dust, charcoal dust, and then sand it and polish it up, and most of the time it looks brand new. Do you, when you're doing a pipe that's been like extra dirty and sitting around for an extra long time, do you have to do anything to the draft hole in the stem to to clean it? Uh, well, you do the alcohol soak. I use cotton balls instead of the uh, kosher salt mm-hmm. just to make it easier to clean up. And I, I put a uh, pipe cleaner in the airway so that softens the tars and stuff overnight. And then, uh, you know, just scrub it out with pipe cleaners. If you have to, you can use the uh, the clean ream uh, drill bit that comes with it. Yeah. You know, to kind of op- open up the airway. Because it, it will, the carbon does get in the airway right at the, right at the chamber and will clog it up over time. Yeah. So you, so you got to worry about that too because I, I've seen a lot of people just worry about cleaning the outside. Right. Now you I, you got to get that inside clean. Yeah. We're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we'll talk about pipe making, and then we, uh, then we may go to the dogs for a little bit. So stay <laughs> with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Being at the forefront of craft tobacco production for over 20 years, we've been involved in some rather interesting projects at Cornell & Deal. From the Cellar Series to the Small Batch Project, we're extremely proud of how far we've come. So moving forward, we wanted to take it back to basics, and that's what the Burley Flake Series is all about. Burley is an underrated varietal, but there is a ton of nuance there. Using various condimental tobaccos to accentuate different aspects of the air-cured leaf, each blend in this series is intended to showcase different individual subtleties inherent to Burley. It's a simple concept, one that I think really speaks to the essence of what we do at C&D, as a crew of folks who just love tobacco. It's also really good. 
Cornell and Deal's Burley Flakes series, wherever fine tobaccos are sold. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with uh, Mark Dominguez of Lone Star Briar Works. And uh, all right, Mark, why why the idea that you want to <laughs> why why did you want to make a pipe? Good question. <laughs> uh, you know, I've been restoring for about six years now, and I swore that I, why make a pipe when there's so many out there that need you know, TLC, but I got a pipe kit about a year ago and, uh, made my first pipe and I was proud of it (laughs) (laughs) and it was fun, but I posted it on the, uh, pipe makers forum for critiques. And, uh, after they tore me up, I learned a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And and you still went back and made a second pipe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's so much fun to make shaping and you know, the restoration side has helped uh, with my uh, attention to detail when I'm making a pipe because you know, I know what it needs to look like to look brand new. And when I'm you know shaping a rod to a stem, I'm just surprised and amazed that I can make it look like some you would buy in a store. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also with the with the restoration work, you've seen the insides and outsides of a lot of pipes. So you kind of can dissect them too, right? And then with the yeah. uh, with the retirement, you got a bunch of free time all of a sudden. So yeah, why not make yeah. a pipe? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, my my shop is in the garage, so I can come out here anytime, day or night, piddle around. Uh, I usually start the day, come out here in the garage, uh, and mess around with, you know, I have several pipes under construction, various stages, so I'll just do do a little piddling for a couple hours, then we go to the dog park every morning for an hour or so, then I come back home and put on Jim Rome show and <laughs> mess mess with pipes all day. <laughs> and with your uh, with your weather there in Texas, you got uh, I mean you, you 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 got you got all year weather for outdoors in a garage. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it, it's not too bad out here. Is is it is it harder to work with stains and with waxes when it's during the high humidity of of Texas? No, I don't. I don't know. I. You know, I just—it's not hard at all. I don't know if that's different in different areas of the country. Yeah, so they—you might—it might take you a little bit longer to get it dry, but I guess it's not bad. No, of course. Uh, you know, I'm I'm relatively new, so I don't I don't know what I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all you know is what you know. Yep. And like like my tools, uh, I have a small uh, wood lathe, and you know you just learn to make do with the tools that you got, and you know turn out good products with whatever tools you got. It might be just a file and a, a hand drill or something, but you know 
that's that's my motto make do with what you got and don't worry about what you've not <laughs> there you go boy i wish i wish i would have known that when i was younger uh, <laughs> now you mentioned the dog park and one of the things that's kind of near and dear to my heart that i saw that you do is you work with uh rescue dogs and uh, uh great pyrenees in particular so uh, when yeah how'd that how'd that all get started for you Oh, when we moved here to Houston, uh, we had to have a dog. And, uh, well, I found one at the depot at the time. And, of course, we named her uh, Rainbow, Rainbow Bread. <laughs> but uh, after that, she needed she needed company and went to the local shelter and uh, got another dog. And I started volunteering at one. And then I switched to another shelter and I don't know how we did it, but I put in a lot of hours over there, you know, helping. And then uh, found the uh, Great Pyrenees and uh, Texas Great Pyrenees Rescue. Fell in love with the breed and volunteered with them as much as I could. I do uh, uh, run the applications that people put in for a dog, you know, call the vet, their references and stuff. And then we do a home check, uh, make sure the fences are secure, because Pyrenees like to wander <laughs> if they can get out. Because they, they'll patrol the neighborhood as their property. So, so they're, good but, fen they're, they're good fence line dogs. Oh, yeah. Yep. Every morning, mine would get out and walk the fence line, checking everything, and then she'd come in and lay down. <laughs> <laughs> and does she does she check does she want to go out again later in the day and oh immediately <laughs> that's that's it especially in the winter you can't get them inside <laughs> they they love to lay in the snow of course we don't have any down here the colder it is the more they want to be outside uh how are they for shedding because i'm looking at them and, oh. and i mean <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing that's a uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay a lot a lot of white hair <laughs> i mean you, we brush them daily but you still get enough to make another dog <laughs> <laughs> so so maybe you could make uh pyrenees stuffed pillows with the uh... well there are some people that uh that weave them you know whatever that make yarn and and weave sweaters and stuff out of <laughs> <laughs> so they're so they're not exactly uh native to texas either and do they do okay with the humidity oh yeah surprisingly there before i found uh texas great pyrenees rescue we never knew the breed existed basically but once we found out about them we saw them everywhere and they're mainly livestock guardians out in the pastures garden goats and sheep or whatever small children <laughs> yeah oh yeah and the best guards for them <laughs> so oh, they're they they use their size to intimidate and they only use as much force as needed to uh stop the threat you know like they won't they won't go wild like a uh, certain breeds that'll you know go crazy and start chomping they will they'll try to bluff you and bark and push you with their chest 
So, yeah. so, so not only are they uh, are they uh, smart and dedicated, they're also kind of uh, moderated on the amount of energy they put out. Oh yeah, they <laughs> they lay around all all day pretty much. But they, you know, the the guard dogs they lay around watching for hawks and coyotes and stuff. And then they really come to life at night. You know, they're more nocturnal guards. Are they uh, fairly easy to uh, indoor-outdoor train? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But like I said, they like to play the game of let me in, no, let me out, let me in, let me out. <laughs> <laughs> but they're the best dog, one of the best breeds for small kids to love on without worrying, you know, them snapping at them like a smaller dog might do they tolerate i've seen videos of uh goats jumping on them while they're laying out in the pasture <laughs> do they uh do they mind the uh pipe smoke <laughs> i don't i don't know <laughs> but they're very independent they're you know they're bred to stay out in the in the pasture 24 7 so they make their own decisions about when they're going to come if you call them <laughs> <laughs> what's in it for me <laughs> they almost they almost sound like they're part cat <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right well switching back to pipe smoking have you have you stuck with the english blends now oh yeah yeah my favorite is uh Cornell and Dio Mountain Camp, <laughs> and uh, number two, which I smoke mostly, is Lane Medal of Valor. Mm -hmm. So I got uh, when I first started repairing people's pipes off Facebook, I'd say just send me some tobacco and you know five bucks for shipping. That's how I charged. So <laughs> I got quite a seller built up. That that's one way to do it. Yeah, it didn't cost anything. Now, I like repairing pipes in my, back then it was my spare time. You know, we watch TV or something, I'd be re rehabbing a pipe. Have a pipe sitting on your lap and polishing away and sanding. And, right, yeah. yeah. Stuff I can do inside yeah. and get away with. Now I, I'm interested. Going back to that first pipe that uh, that you put up on Pipe Makers Forum, uh, <laughs> was there was there anything particular that surprised you about what the about what the other pipe makers said about it? No, uh, looking back, no, I can <laughs> I can see where I could have improved. You know, the shank the shank was it was a bent pipe, of course, and. Uh, the shank was pretty much massively square and you know i needed to take it down that was the main flaw so i think i, I uh, what's that yeah and I, and I think that's kind of common with first time pipe makers is they're afraid to take off too much wood because they might get down to the draft hole or something right oh i've done that <laughs> I've done that. I've I've misdrilled, gone through the other side of the bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oops. But you got to learn. You know. Uh, is there a pipe shape that you prefer to make now? Oh, 
I like a little bent uh, egg or maybe a bulldog. And I, is, like, I like the fat Rhodesian, like the uh, Peterson Triple Nine. Yep. The old, the old pre-Republic uh, John Bull. Yeah, the the one where it looks like the shanks coming out of the top of the bowl almost. Right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, is there a shape that is still giving you problems that you're that you're trying to figure out? Mm, not yet. I mainly do the classic shapes, uh, you know, English shapes. The uh, one of the pipe groups had a uh, not a contest, but you make a make a pipe and send it to someone to critique for you. Mm -hmm. And and it was uh, plateau pipes. And that's something I never would have attempted on my own, but I said, I'll give it a try. So I made, made some, you know, pushing my boundary, my comfort zone. Uh, I've yet to try anything like a blowfish. <laughs> yeah. Hard to find the lines in those. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to watch some more YouTube or something. Yeah. I'll get my, get my mentor to come over some more. Uh oh, who who's uh who's helping you? Uh Michael Butera. Oh yeah, he knows a little bit. <laughs> a little bit, yep. <laughs> yeah, almost the uh almost the godfather of the American pipe makers. Right. I didn't know that until uh a couple years ago. I think it was right after he got flooded out in the hurricane. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know he lived in so close. He's about fifteen minutes away from me. Yeah, yeah. He's he's been in Houston for forever. Yeah, I believe so. so but uh, to having him, I mean, he he'll be brutally honest with anybody. Oh yeah, so, <laughs> he's a good teacher. Yeah, so you got to put your big boy pants on and get ready when you start talking to Mike about shapes and what what right. am I doing? Oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't sugarcoat it. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. So, uh, yeah. your Facebook page is Lone Star Briar Works. So it's all it's four words. Is that the best place to go to see your pipes? Uh, that or Instagram, uh, Lone Star Briar Works, or well, at Lone Star Briar Works, one word on Instagram. I post all my new pipes there, so you you can go back and look at my progress. And where do you start out price-wise with your pipes? Oh, price-wise, uh, hundred dollars shipped right now. And are these these are all hand-cut stems? Or are you using oh, some? Oh yeah. No, I I have a bunch of pre-molded from from the repair business, but I I make them all by hand now. I use uh, ebonite and acrylic. So there's a a 100% handmade pipe starting out at oh, yeah. 100 bucks. Right. Yeah. Of course, it takes a lot longer than to make than to make a profit. You know, and everything I make goes back into supplies right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing you're not doing this for a full time living. Right. Uh, it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's more to more to keep you out of the house i guess but uh well, well my 
my wife works uh she does stained glass on you know part-time and she works in the garage with me boy there's another skill that's dying yeah yeah but we we enjoy each other's company out here and you know pass the day and she doesn't mind listening to jim rome on the radio oh no she loves it <laughs> okay well i think she's a keeper oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah after uh 39 years i, I hope so <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'd, I'd say i think if i had sports radio on i think my wife would just I'd, that'd be the end of it <laughs> she well, that might be an idea never no never mind <laughs> Mark, we will wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Sure. What is your favorite pipe? Uh, Peterson, of course. Uh, the triple nine, John Pre-Republic, John Bull with the fat shanks. And, not, not the modern ones. And we heard the answer before, but what is your favorite tobacco? Lane Medal of Valor. And what is your favorite drink? Mm, coffee. My Strong favorite. hot coffee. My favorite. Do you do you like the uh the chicory coffee from Louisiana? I, I do, but my wife doesn't, so we just drink Folgers extra strength. <laughs> you can almost stand the spoon up. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> no no hiding the fact that you're drinking a cup of coffee at that point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Music. And then, uh, well, wait a second. Music and being in being from New Orleans. Please tell me it's jazz. Oh no. Oh gosh. <laughs> no. Uh, well, out here in the shop, I'll have uh, like early Beatles or Jimmy Buffett. Something like that. Maybe Stevie Ray Vaughan or something. You know, what? I listen to everything. All right. But, well, at least you got Stevie Ray in for your uh, for your Texas neighbors. Texas blues. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally, do you have a favorite pipe smoking related memory that we haven't discussed? Mm, well, yeah. Sitting out, uh, my granddaughter wanted to know what I wanted to do. So I said, we need to sand these pipes. She said, well, let's go outside and sand them and talk about stuff. And that was cute. That's a good memory of her. <laughs> you know, just telling me about her day. And she was sanding with the wrong side of the sandpaper. <laughs> but that, that was fine. <laughs> that's, the, that's, that's the extra, extra smooth sandpaper side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh, speaking of that, one time she... Uh, my wife asked where I was, and Natalie said, he's in the garage with his precious pipes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the truth out of the mouth of babes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, they are precious. They, I mean, they're beautiful. I, I'm shocked that I can make something that looks like it does. <laughs> well, Mark, if, next time you see Mike, tell him I said hello uh, thanks thanks for the work you're doing with the dogs and yeah the, the dogs may not tell you they appreciate it but i know they do oh yeah yeah well, it was nice talking to you and yeah. we'll be back in just a minute 
there's nothing quite like a good book. Or my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe. An American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. See for yourself at corncobpipe.com. A Savinelli pipe is a testament to a long legacy, fortified by well-worn hands and destined to be enjoyed for generations. For over 150 years, Savinelli has been dedicated to sourcing the world's finest briar, committed to pushing the boundaries of pipe design, and devoted to the tradition of Italian pipe making. Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. And like you, there can only be one Savinelli. This is Internet Radio. And we are back. Uh, do check out what Mark is doing. I mean, for you know, starting at 100 bucks, can't beat the pipes. I've seen them. All right, for music, we are going to a name you've heard before. It's Phil Kagey, K-E-A-G-G-Y. Uh, we've played his music before. He's worked with Keith Moore, and we've uh, talked to Keith about him. Keith was uh, Phil was the one that turned Keith on to Julius Vez Pipes. And this is from a Christmas album that Phil did back in 2009 called Welcome In, and it's his version of God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. Thank you. 
For more information on Phil, you can go to his website, philkegi.com, P-H-I-L-K-E-A-G-G-Y.com, or you can uh, stream it on Amazon Prime, just like I did. Congratulations, Skippy. You've got mail. And in the mailbag, remember, email me, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at pipesmagazine.com, or you can post it on the forums at pipesmagazine.com or on the radio show page there at pipesmagazine.com. Um, or you can uh, send me a Facebook message or Instagram message or, I don't know, smoke signals or a, uh, you know, send me a fruitcake with the message attached to it. <laughs> at least, you know, the message won't get eaten. Um, on uh, iTunes, uh, DLove16 writes, I feel like I should say DLove16, uh, writes, uh, great hobby information. I always look forward to new episodes. Firing up a bowl and hitting the road with Brian's snark and wisdom makes traveling for work a pleasure. His insights and connections within the hobby and industry make for great content each episode. Well, thank you very much, DLove. I'm not sure about the wisdom. Snark? Got that in spades. Uh, and then uh, Sand Dollars writes regarding last week's show. Uh, if I may ask a question, I have heard the parts to convert a vintage roll of gas from a regular lighter to a pipe lighter are no longer available. Is this true? Are there plans to aftermarket the pipe, uh, the parts so conversions can still be made? I have three I would like to get converted. Well, here's what I suggest you do. Uh, listen to last week's show. Go back and contact uh, contact Jim and see what he says. I do know that in a previous conversation, he said they've got plenty of those little valves. So, uh, you know, reach out to him. Uh, Renfield says, another informative show and great interviews. Now I feel like I need an old roll of gas to keep my old boy company. There are many ways to light a pipe, but a lighter you've had for a long time adds to the experience, in my opinion. <laughs> I think it makes you feel fancier. Um, and I feel fancy sometimes with my with my fancy lighters. Uh, Dillagas says, I really enjoyed the show. I learned a lot from your, a lot, and your guests seem like real craftsmen. Uh, one question is, is there a preferred type of butane that they recommend to use in these expensive lighters? I've seen triple refined, quadruple refined, and premium butane. Does it make a difference? <laughs> Um, I think pretty much everything on the market now is triple refined, triple refined. There we go. Uh, if you can't find any Dunhill butane, which would obviously be the best for a Dunhill lighter, I could suggest Zycar's butane because Zycar makes lighters and they know what they're doing. Uh, Zycar, the Zycar fluid is what I have around here. Uh, Casey Ghost says, this was a uh, really good show. Your guests... Uh, Jim really acquitted him themselves during the question and answer. Uh, Jim Paul almost floored me when he said he remembered when the war ended. I figured the guy must be 79 years old. I know the piping community contains a lot of codgers, but that's up in years to be still working. I don't think I've ever seen an actual Dunhill roll of gas lighter, and they've got through the fast five in pretty good shape. The music was pretty enjoyable. There you go. Um, I don't know if I've ever, I might have taken one of my Dunhills to Kansas City for the pipe show, maybe. But I guarantee you, if you come to Chicago for the pipe show, you will see um, many Dunhill lighters. And speaking of Chicago, I'm scrolling down to get this message. 
And it says the latest word from the director of the Chicagoland Pipe Show, and this comes by way of the uh, United Pipe Clubs of America. Uh, this week I spoke with the president of Hostmark, the manager of Pheasant Run. He assured me that Pheasant Run will be open and will host the 2020 show. This will be after laid off employees will be called back after the slow winter months, says Craig Cobine. So the show is on at Pheasant Run, same place, same time. I am looking forward to seeing you all there and hopefully this year getting more than just uh, 48 hours of the Chicago Pipe Show. All right, uh, comments or questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. If you have sent me an email and you have not heard from me back, please send the email again. I discovered more problems this past weekend with my computer or with the... It's... I. I've been in IT hell and now roofing hell and uh, then daughter health hell. Um, also, if you have any uh, ask the pipe maker questions for Jeff, please email them to me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. Uh, show suggestions, same thing. And if you're looking to travel anywhere, well, if you're looking to buy a cruise for as a Christmas present, Lots of deals out there. Lots of deals. There are some really good last-minute deals right now for January, February. So if you want to escape the uh, the cold weather, you got a Christmas bonus, reach out to me. All right, there we go. Uh, in just a few moments, a uh, a holiday message. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. full swing of the holiday season Christmas New Year's uh, the uh, the shortest day of the year is coming up and you all are my family in times when I have been uh, dealing with stuff or been down you all have picked me up you all have supported me through all uh, through some of my trials and tribulations and you all are part of my family therefore if you all are having any problems any feelings any yeah, the holiday season brings along a lot of depression anxiety fears whatever it is i want you to know that i am here for you if you send me a message on facebook or email me or send me a message on instagram in fact if you go to facebook my phone number is sitting right there just reach out to me please reach out to me you are not alone you are not feeling anything that is uh, that I haven't felt before, and I want to be there for you. If it's a phone call, if you're overseas and it's Skype or Facebook Messenger or even on uh, 
uh, even on FaceTime or whatever it is, reach out to me. I'm here for you during this time of the year, which can be, you know, it, it, it can be trying for a lot of people. Uh, it can be tough on those that may not have the financial wherewithal to put on the kind of Christmas that they want. Whatever it is, reach out to me. I'm here for you. You're part of my family, and when my, when part of my family is hurting, I'll do whatever I can to be there for you, well, even if it's just a phone call, and I will be 100% judgment-free, all right? So do me a favor, reach out to me if you're feeling in need. You're not alone in this. Uh, we'll keep shows coming for you every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, try not to go back and listen to too many in a row. Um, if you're new to the show, remember I always suggest that you keep current with the new ones and then go back and pick up the old ones slowly. And, uh, you know, for those of you that have some time off now during the holiday season, it's a great time to sit down with your pipe and enjoy the uh, Pipes Magazine radio show. So there we go. Uh, thank you to Mark for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in. And until next time. Clouds when we're together. Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy It is now two weeks before Christmas, or as Kevin Godby calls it, 14 days to get off that damn nice list.